This episode of Movers, Shakers, and History Makers is brought to you by Ace Beer Growlers. Your one-stop shop for beer, wine, Traeger grills, and all your grilling and smoking essentials. Not only that, but Ace is downtown Noonan's only butcher shop, featuring fresh, not frozen meats. Jason Canner, my good friend and owner of Ace Beer Growlers, isn't just serving up prime ribeyes and brisket, but he's also got delicious Wagyu beef, U10 Massachusetts scallops, strips, hanger steaks, 10-ounce fillets, butts, pork bellies, bangers, and brats. You know what goes great with that? How about some of that banner butter and some of the freshest selection of craft beers and wines this side of Interstate 85? If you haven't checked them out yet, what are you waiting for? Get on down to the location on West Court Square directly next to Piedmont Noonan Gym. Mention promo code PODCAST and you're going to get $5 off any purchase over $50 or more in the store. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Movers, Shakers, and History Makers, a show dedicated to all things interesting happening in your neck of the woods, especially if your neck of the woods consists of living in Coweta County. It's a place for showcasing stories and newsmakers from the past and present. I'm your host, Clay Neely, and in this episode, we're talking to Steve Questenberry. There's no doubt about it, Coweta County is a community that loves its veterans, and a good chunk of that fan base includes local students. That's probably in part due to the work of Steve Questenberry and Frank Henderson at Noonan High School who are part of the History Department, which continues to showcase the amazing stories and sacrifices of veterans, both local and from across the country. Their annual Student Vet Connect program, started back in 1995, provides students with living history, allowing them the ability to interact with veterans from the wars of Vietnam, Korea, and even World War II. If you're a reader of the Times-Herald, you're often reading about one of their numerous outreach programs. So, in this episode, I talk to Steve about the history program and why students gravitate towards Veterans Affairs and a little bit about his love for the Beatles, too. So sit back and enjoy our latest conversation with Steve Questenberry on Movers, Shakers, and History Makers. Well, thank you again for joining me here, especially with me running around at the last minute trying to get in here. You're a very patient man. I can tell you deal with students a good bit. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, and we just came off a huge Veterans Day, obviously, mm-hmm. and I mean, we, we're we blessed that we have a lot to write about when that happens here in Coweta. I mean, mm-hmm. Jeff goes out, I mean, he's pretty much out all day, I mean, for the next few days. I mean, it's it's usually one thing after the other, which is a blessing. Yeah. Um, I mean, are, where are, you, are you originally from here? I'm from Virginia. Okay. <clears throat> now, you've been here, obviously, quite a while. Do you think that Coweta has a particular affinity for Veterans Day and veteran issues in general or is it do you think that's kind of across the board in a lot of places well I think it is uh, like that in a lot of places but I think it's really strong in Coweta County even Sonoy um, does a really big thing for Memorial Day and Veterans Day and stuff like that but I think it's it is really big here um, but I don't know that it's necessarily unique yeah because I'm sure a lot of other places do a lot of stuff as well okay and um, well, can you talk a little bit about the history of the club? Okay, you mean the Newton High School History Club? Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, we started the History Club about seven years ago. Okay, uh, kind of as an outgrowth of the stuff that we were doing in the history department, and um, we wanted to involve the students in history outside of just going in and sitting in the desk yeah. in the classroom. 
and um, my first year we had about 175 students really which yeah that's what we said too uh it was way too big and uh we've actually you know we've we've tried to make them accountable instead of just joining up not doing anything putting it on your college resume you know if you're going to join then let's do something yeah because you know we're busting our rear end trying to create all these opportunities for them and you know if you're not going to take it don't join right and so uh that's what we that's what we've done and this year we've got about 100 members and um you know then they're most of them are there because they want to be there and they're willing to do stuff outside of the regular classroom and that was what i was going to ask you about because i mean obviously it's it's very popular but it's usually it's, you think with something like that it's it's a gradual thing but i mean obviously it came out of the gate very popular what i mean what do you attribute to that I mean, uh the teachers really yeah okay. the, the, high, the history teachers really strong department and uh i mean history is great uh because you're not worrying about a squared plus b squared or you're not worrying about the verb or the noun yeah you're just telling stories in a lot of cases and the lessons learned from those stories mm -hmm. and so the stories are amazing you know you can any good history teacher could tell you about the assassination of the archduke franz ferdinand that starts world war one yeah that's like the most bumbling assassination that ever <laughs> right. occurred yeah you know but then you go you think you can't get any worse and then you go to the assassination of rasputin in russia right before the russian revolution and you're scratching your head going how can these people be so stupid yeah uh and so you got all kinds of stupidity but then you got some real dramatic uh, you know, love stories. Sometimes I talk about how this guy really loved his wife, mm -hmm. where a lot of times they don't, you know, love yeah. their wife. But then this one is really unusual because he does really love his wife, and it's obvious that he really loves his wife. And, you know, you're going to want to explain why that's important and how that affected what happened. Yeah. Uh, so there's all kinds of, you know, stuff that you can bring in to make it interesting because it's just one big, mm -hmm. long story. Yeah. I, I was not a math guy at mm -hmm. high school at all and history was kind of my my oasis in high school mm -hmm. i mean you know i enjoyed english you know to a fault but i mean when you have a good history teacher that that's a sanctuary when you've got that in in the middle of your day i mean because again you you have unlimited potential for for anything i mean mm -hmm. like you said bringing in i mean even people stories the whole bit i had a good uh, history teacher when i was in high school too and i had some really good ones in college yeah. Uh, that really in, kind of inspired me, and I ended up majoring in physical education and uh, history. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to make it super interesting like they did yeah. for me. And uh, so that's what I've always strove to do. Yeah. Well, um, talk about the beginning of the, the club. What what kind of preparation did you do before launching it? I mean, what, 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 what did you have in mind? Is it kind of what you – are currently doing or did you have a different expectation going in? well the first thing we did is researched other club history clubs yeah uh, we've also joined the national history club which mm -hmm. is kind of a, a union of all the high school history clubs across the country and um, so we get information about other history clubs all over the place and uh, so that's one of the early things that we did and then we just looked around and said what can we do and what's available here locally that we can involve the students in yeah. and in some cases that whatever that was was only available that year maybe you know so we'd have to come up with some other things next year but we you know we tell them we don't really expect you to do everything yeah. but we're going to give you the opportunity to choose 
what you want to do as long as you get X number of things in that you do. Mm-hmm. And uh, we count uh, the activities, for we count them as points. So certain activities that are smaller or less points, bigger activities are a lot more points and things like that. Okay. That's really cool. Well, I mean, and so what, what were some of the earliest programs that, y'all, that you had with the history with the history club well we did some outdoor movies okay. some history movies um we went over to uh we've been down to the historical society one of the really big ones about five years ago that we did was a history of noonan high school oh and uh we did that it was on display at the male academy museum before it became a children's museum and uh we had kids working on that for quite a while, and then we went over and did a display that was sponsored by the Historical Society, and that was in fascinating. Yeah, you know that was really interesting because uh, I learned a lot as well, and the students learned a lot, and the community could come out and tour, kind of like they did with the football uh, yeah. thing to, uh, now this fall, and uh, so that was that was probably our biggest early um, activity. Uh, that we did and that was really interesting and so now i i've been giving tours to reunion groups of noonan high school and talking about the history of noonan high school because of that yeah uh it goes back to you know starts around 1888 really uh, there isn't too many high schools that can claim that uh, oh wow it doesn't doesn't it's temple avenue temple avenue school first yep. and then uh, about 1916 they started calling it noonan high school and uh you know, it was down in the Veterans Park. If you've seen that mm-hmm. stone there, that's yeah. the uh, one of the original spots for it. And they built the building we're in now in 51, 52. Mm-hmm. And we've been in that building, and I teach in that building they built in 51, 52, yeah. which is kind of historical in a lot of ways. Some good and some not so good. Yeah. But uh, we really enjoy being in that little part of history right there. How involved were you with the Historical Society's uh, history exhibit that was this year for the 50th? I worked with them on that. Okay. Um, certainly, they did most of the work. I, I got them in touch with Radar, and I gave them a few artifacts that we had collected during that history of Noonan High School. Yeah. And, of course, Radar is the history master of Noonan football. Oh, I met, yeah. Oh, my I'm gosh. Parallel. He's got all kinds of stuff <laughs> from the history of Noonan High School football. And so, you know, they got together with him. He got them a lot of stuff, and yeah. they got some stuff from elsewhere. But, you know, I just had a little bit of, little part in that. Yeah. But it was a great exhibit. Well, I mean, I might have kind of already asked you this in a way, but I mean, why do you think students are so interested in, I mean, like I said, we, you know, it's it's not numbers, it's not math, but I mean, it, having a community like that, does it allow them to kind of just get out and explore things where usually you're getting fed, you know, one thing or the other? I think this gives it a little bit more of a two-way street, doesn't it? Exactly. Okay. You know, usually... Um, you know, we almost spoon feed them, and yeah. I don't. Want, I'm not saying that derogatory, um, but they come in, they sit down. We do A, B, C, D. We take a state mandated test. Yeah. You know, it's just not. You know, unless you really work at it, it's not all that fun yeah. all the time. And uh, they want something they want to be interested in, and we try to give them stuff to be interested in. Yeah, and we try to connect the local as much as possible uh, in the. Vietnam War class, we do a lot of local stuff. The mm-hmm. Vietnam War class that I teach, so we do a lot of local things about the guys that were killed mm-hmm. from here. Some of which went to Noonan High School. Sure. So we talk about those guys. Some of went to went to East Coweta High School. 
Uh, some went to Western High School, right, which yeah. is no longer there. Uh, so that kind of stuff, we always try to connect. I mean, we even connect like the Carnegie Library. You know, Andrew Carnegie, yeah. uh, when we do uh, some stuff on the Industrial Revolution and the steel production and things like that. So we always try to connect local. One of the teachers in my department actually takes them down to like Browns Mill and uh, some some of the little local history places around here. Yeah. So it's while the state wants large national and international type events, depending on if you're in world or American history, um, we also try to incorporate as much as possible the local history because there's a lot of it. Yeah. I think that's something, too, that I think uh, probably students probably don't get until they're ensconced in it and then they start just to see just how immersed we really are i mean you just don't really realize it until you start you know actually peeling it away and you're like you're amazed with that what's in your own backyard mm-hmm. yeah well uh can you talk a little bit about i guess um some of the, like the vet connect i mean and how that began student vet connect uh began 25 years ago this spring okay it's the 25th anniversary this spring and we're working on some stuff to do for the 25th anniversary but um started in 1995, uh, which was the 50th anniversary of the end of World War II. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the assistant principals at Noonan High School at the time is now the administrator, the main administrator at West Georgia Noonan campus, Bob Heberlin. Mm-hmm. And he had put together this program in the auditorium uh, to honor World War II veterans. And um, some of them, and I think he asked them to, but some of them brought in memorabilia and put it in the room right next to the auditorium. And uh, I can still remember, I can't remember all the specifics, but I still remember him coming up and saying, hey, some of those guys have stuff in the AV, AV room is what we call it. And uh, why don't you bring your class down there and let them look at it and talk to those guys? So I thought it was a good idea. So we went down there and there was two or three World War II vets down there. And uh, the kids stood around and they showed them stuff and talked to them. And uh, when we left, I thought, man, that was really neat. They really enjoyed that. What if we what if we did that every year, you know, and see if we could find some more guys and make it a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. And um, at one point, probably around 1999, I think we had 45 World War II veterans in the school Holy at one smokes. time. Yeah, and I look back on it now and just shake my head because uh, I don't know that it really dawned on me. What a big deal that was uh, at the time. But the 1990s with the 50th anniversary, that was what I call the sweet spot for World War II veterans. They're in their 70s, -hmm. and, um, you know, they're retired. And so they were willing to come out and talk to the students. Yeah. Um, But, of course, now, as as you're aware, that um, they have died off tremendously. And now the Vietnam vets are in what I call the sweet spot. sweet spot. They're in their 70s, late 60s, 70s, mm-hmm. and they're, a lot of them are retired or retiring, presently retiring. Yeah. And now they're willing to come in, and they love to come in. Okay. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, because, you know, I'm not saying all of them, but there's a lot of Vietnam veterans. Mm-hmm. There were millions that, that were involved in Vietnam in one form or fashion during the 1960s and early 70s. And... They weren't always treated well when they came home, mm. which is pretty, you know, that's a pretty standard story. Everybody knows that. And a lot of times they wouldn't even put the fact that they'd been in the military on their resume because they didn't think anybody wanted to hear it. 
Well, now you've got, you know, 50 years later, Mm -hmm. you've got these students who, generally speaking, they don't think care. Yeah. That are taking the class and they want to hear what happened to them. And, you know, it's almost like cathartic. I was about to say, yeah. For them to actually tell them about their story and answer questions, intelligent questions, hopefully, from the students um, about their experience. Yeah. And um, so that's been really good, whether it be at Student Vet Connect or in the classroom. Mm -hmm. um, That's been really good for the students and the veterans, I think, uh, as well, so that they could, you know, get in there and talk about their story, which Maybe they didn't do much when they came home. Well, yeah. And I was something I was going to ask you, since you had the benefit of, you know, with the War II veterans being in the sweet spot, along with the Vietnam veterans now, how are they alike in what ways and kind of how are they different, do you see? That's a heck of a good question. Um, their experience is, you know, their experience is a lot different. And I don't yeah. mean by combat experience. I mean, you know, obviously there's differences about where they were and when they were there and who they were fighting and that kind of stuff. But the support back home mm-hmm. uh, during the war, when they came home, was yeah. dramatically different. Night and day. Yeah. The greatest generation versus, you know, the whole getting spit on at airports and that sort of – I mean, it couldn't be any more different. Yeah, that that's probably the big difference is uh, – and, and, and I don't even say that the, I wouldn't even say that the World War II vets are different than the Vietnam vets, even in regard to things like PTSD, no. because that came out really big when the Vietnam vets came home. But it happened with the World War II guys. You can read about some of them and uh, issues that they had, but they they put it they put it aside like that's not really what's going on, and, and it's like rub a little dirt on it, you know, and, yeah. and keep playing. Um, and nobody really paid any attention to it unless it was in your house a lot of times. Right, right. And alcoholism occurred with World War II vets. And, you know, vets Korean, you know, any veteran could be susceptible to alcoholism and things like that yeah. based on their experiences and what they've seen. Yeah. Uh, so that, that, that would probably be the biggest difference, I would say. Yeah. And have you incorporated stuff with, with uh, the the Korean War too? I mean, we talk about that in world history okay. and American history classes. Uh, we have uh, classes. Uh, we have one history class, an elective on World War II. That's an advanced academic elective, and we have one on Vietnam, which is also an advanced academic elective. Uh, Frank Henderson teaches a one on World War II, mm-hmm. and he and I will do most of the work uh, that we do with veterans and you know stuff involving veterans. Uh, or involve those two classes there. Yeah. Did your did your father serve? He was in the Air Force. Okay. For a, he was in the Air Force in the fifties. Okay. So he didn't serve in a combat zone. But yeah. it's uh, any of our stuff that we do is not unique to combat vets. Yeah. Matter of fact, uh, like ninety percent of most of most branches of the military are non combat vets. Sure as they call them, the trigger pullers at the end of the spear, but there's a long spear behind them. Right. And um, we brought in guys, and one of the guys that lives out of White Oak paid the soldiers. That was his job. He was a paymaster. Really? Yeah, I thought that was a really cool job. Um, and so did the students. They like to hear about that because it's something you just don't hear about. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of interesting jobs, and there's another guy that was a generator mechanic, another guy that was a truck driver, you know, there's a lot of interesting jobs. You don't have to be right out there pulling the trigger. Yeah. Um, 
You know, there's a lot of interesting jobs in the military. But both of my sons went into the Army. One, My youngest one's still still in the National Guard out in Colorado. Um, but he's in transportation, mm-hmm. like trucks and, you know, stuff like that. My oldest son was in artillery. Okay. But he cross-trained with the Marines. Then he cross-trained into armored personnel carriers. Uh, I mean, he, he learned a lot of stuff. Yeah, I guess you would. Yeah, and he learned a lot about leadership as well. So it was a great experience for him. And then he got hired because he was in the Army. And when he finally got out, he yeah. got hired uh, with a big financial company in Dallas. And they recruited him on LinkedIn. Really? Yeah, which I thought was, like, interesting, too, that they contacted him through LinkedIn. And he went in for an interview, and he's been working for him about four years. <laughs> well, well, I mean, with the uh, the speakers that you have, I mean, over the the many years, I mean, have you talked to students who were in, so inspired by them that they did wind up doing something with their lives, like going into the military? Yeah, we've had several of them. One just came back this week. Uh, he's at Fort Benning, been through basic and advanced training, and he's trying to get into Ranger School. Oh wow! Uh, we had him last year. He's just a recent graduate. Um, We've also had students that were so inspired that um, I'll mention the one because we just did the 5K race this past weekend, and uh, one of our students and her mother sponsors us mm-hmm. with a pretty hefty donation. And she had the class, and uh, she emailed me today and said she was inspired by what she had learned and always wanted to support the local veterans because she appreciated what they did. So, I mean, that's. Ultimately, that's what it's all about. Whether they remember the Tonkin Gulf incident yeah, right. or have an opinion on it or not, um, that when they leave Noonan High School, that they appreciate, you know, what other people have done for them. Yeah, uh, I, that, that, that's invaluable. I mean, mm-hmm. and well, um, one thing I was going to ask you about was, um, can you talk a little bit about the the being part of the Department of Defense's commemoration project for for Vietnam? I mean, how did that how did that transpire that, yeah that's pretty neat um i've worked with the vietnam veterans memorial fund the guys that run the wall mm-hmm. up in washington yeah. dc and i'm uh, part of their teacher network and i've done a couple other little projects gone up to washington and, and worked with them a little bit uh nothing nothing real big but i was with a group of other teachers that did some work with them and last time i was there i guess about five years ago um we were at a uh, thing where we were talking about what we were doing in the classroom that involved the Vietnam War, which I had quite a few things since I teach a class on the Vietnam War. And uh, the guy, this representative from the Department of Defense was there. And he spoke to me uh, and talked, told me about the commemoration. And when I came home, I looked into it and signed up for it. And uh, it's it's been really neat thing for us to do. Uh, because of that, the the general that's in charge of the commemoration is the office in the Pentagon yeah. has been to Newton High School. He's visited Newton High School, um, and we have met with him up at the state capitol a couple of times. Uh, we've also got to be buddies with the Department of Veterans Services in Atlanta. Right. And we go up there uh, twice a year to uh, commemorations that they do. And we've, we've been up there so many times now that they want to incorporate – the class of students into the actual ceremony that they're doing. So the last three times our students at the Capitol have been involved in the 
ceremonies. And I think maybe uh, you saw the photograph of the uh, the governor taking a selfie with them. Yeah. And uh, we met we met the governor the last two semesters we've been up there, and um, wow. so that that's been really neat, and it's a great experience for our students. We also do commemoration things with the speaker yeah. series, which we started about oh. five years ago, and uh, so. We do one speaker a semester. Mm -hmm. We bring them in from wherever. Uh, Sometimes they're relatively local. Sometimes they're not. They just have to do with something interesting about history. And uh, we had the POWs um, Mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago, and that was our 50th anniversary commemoration uh, for this year. So one of the speakers is from Vietnam, and we had the two POWs. And uh, that's that's been a really great thing for us. I think we had maybe around 300 or so people that came out uh, for that. And uh, we got a lot of compliments on that. They got to come in and meet the guys afterwards. We've had the, um, the only ace air force ace from the Vietnam war was in Noonan uh, two years ago. And he was really good as well. Uh, We've had Colonel Paul Longrier who started the, the Georgia Military Hall of Fame and lives in Pine Mountain, mm-hmm. and uh, he was at a he was at a special forces camp that got attacked by tanks in Vietnam, and you didn't see tanks that often no, in I, Vietnam. I it's so. not really tank country, so he's lucky to be alive, and he's got quite the story. We've had Donna Rowe, who's uh, was a nurse in Vietnam, mm-hmm. so we've had a lot of uh, well, I should say not just a lot but a variety of Vietnam guests that have come in and um a lot of people have you know are interested in that time yeah. now the, i think a lot of people afterward maybe for 20 years afterward tried to ignore it sure um yeah. i know when i first started studying history i really didn't want to study it because it was so divisive and yeah. so i wanted to study world war ii because we were all in it on together the same page on that yeah we yeah. were all together <laughs> on that and uh but then i gradually started moving toward vietnam mm-hmm. And realizing that you can't really understand the present if you don't present if you don't understand that yeah. period and or that even just that decade or twenty year fifteen twenty year period you can't understand if you don't understand that you don't understand today. Yeah. Well, how 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 do you usually go about finding your speakers if they're not local? I mean, you've brought in some amazing people. How do you how do you track these people down? Sometimes it's just coincidence. One of the guys that's helped me a lot is Keith Donovan. The yeah. local author, yeah. uh, he knew the Air Force Ace, and so you know where to find Keith right. yeah. at the Redneck. Right, right. Yeah. So when I go at the Redneck, I look around and Keith's there. I say, "What's up?" The guy that's coming in in the spring, Keith knows him too. As a matter of fact, this was the basis of Keith's last book. Oh, Spy Pilot. Yes, yeah. which was really good. I read it. It was amazing, and uh, so I talked to him about Gary Powers Jr. coming here. And so Gary Powers Jr. is going to be here in April. And um, and actually, if you, we may do something with the movie Bridge of Spies before he speaks. Mm-hmm. But the guy that Tom Hanks plays in the movie, the, the lawyer Donovan, that kind of brokers the deal, mm-hmm. his daughter is going to be here too. She's going to come in. And so we're going to have Keith and Gary Powers Jr., uh, which his story was, I had no clue. Right. That was that was the fascinating. I knew a lot about the U two shoot down and everything, even though there was a lot of good stuff in there. But his story, that second half of the book, yeah. really 
was unbelievable. It opens up. It's yeah. really cool. It was really neat. Uh, <laughs> I just kept telling him how much I enjoyed it. Yeah. So I've even bought the book for a few of my friends. I said, you ought to read this really yeah. good. Well, um, with your connection with Dr. Abel Haberlin, do you, uh, how, how did you get started teaching over at, at the university? Dr. Haberlin? Yeah. Yeah. He just employed, he's like, you got to bring this over here? Well, I'm teaching world history over there. Yeah. He needed a history teacher part-time, and uh, I'm full-time employed, but I could go over there part-time. And so I guess it was two years ago I started over there, teach two nights a week, yeah. one class, and uh, just world history. Mm-hmm. And I've enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah, it's fun. Um, I don't know if it's quite as fun as high school. It's not as dramatic as high school, but we, you know, we're able to do a lot of the stuff that we do over at the high school because we're in there five days a week. Right, right. This, so. yeah, that no, that would make a pretty big difference. Uh, well, what are your, your future plans? I mean, obviously, with with the speakers coming up, I mean, there's no shortage of just good programming that's coming. Mm-hmm. What are some of the other future goals that you have for the program? Just maintain it. Yeah. And we keep coming up with ideas on other stuff that we can do, but honestly, I don't know. I'm about maxed out. About, you have the honest. bandwidth. You got. <laughs> oh, we're about maxed out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, what are you? What is? What are your? Uh, I guess some of your favorite memories from from the speaker series. I mean, we've you've named a whole bunch. I mean, are there any that just like maybe affected you, but maybe everyone? I mean, what is there particularly someone that you can think of? Well, they all have uh, great moments. Sure. Um, one of the really interesting ones that I didn't mention, it wasn't part of the Vietnam part, but uh, was two people that were involved in the Freedom Riders that tried to integrate the bus, yeah. the buses back in the 60s. Um, they were really fascinating. Uh, I knew about the Freedom Riders. But that was the first time I ever met one. Uh, they were really fascinating. Um, Colonel Longer, I mentioned a minute ago, he's got a great story. Uh, about the tanks attacking and pinning them down in a bunker underneath, mm-hmm. and um, when he co- when they come out, he says we ought to just go. We just got to get out, and then uh, and then they all say, okay, let's just go out. And then he says, all right, who's going to go first? And they all look at him and say, well, it was your idea. <laughs> he said, well, I didn't mean I was going to go first, but uh, he comes out of there and he has like a um, religious experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the guys run, and he turns to fight off some guys to the right. And uh, through a series of circumstances, he ends up on the ground, and um, he has almost a, a, a light from heaven, like Saul, Paul yeah. in the Bible type experience, which is really interesting. And just the kids are just sitting there with their mouths open. Yeah. Um, Donna Rowe. Uh, is amazing she was featured in one of the films uh, that was done recently called shadow of the blade Mm -hmm. and um, she had this amazing experience where she's she and some medics saved a baby i mean an infant and of course this is one of those things that really plays because a lot of the vietnam vets were called baby killers Mm when these vietnam vets saved this baby yeah and um she took it in, even though there was a lot of American casualties, and she could have easily said, "We don't have a spot for this baby. We don't, you know, take it somewhere else." She took it in, and uh, long story short, they saved it, but then they had to turn it over to an orphanage. And um, one of the uh, Navy guys heard about it and ended up adopting her. Well, she didn't know that the girl, little girl, had been adopted, 
And uh, so when the film flew in, they were flying a Hewitt helicopter all over the southeast. Yeah. And they landed at Kennesaw State. And that's where she lives up in Marietta. And uh, so they wanted all these Vietnam vets to greet the Huey helicopter. And so they started walking out. I love when she tells this because she starts walking out, too, because she was an Army nurse. And one of the cameramen says, no, ma'am, no, ma'am, just the veterans. And uh, she said, I turned on that guy. And she says, luckily, my husband intervened before I let him have it. And um, (laughs) and then she's telling you know they're asking her questions because she's the only woman there yeah and she tells them that story and those people from the movie found the girl and they reunited the girl with the nurse uh that saved her life and uh matter of fact in 2011 uh we brought the traveling wall here yeah we had mrs Rowe and the girl who now lives in california we flew the girl uh, to Noonan, Atlanta, Noonan, and uh, she and Donna Rowe were at the Performing Arts Center uh, when we actually played the movie Shadow of the Blade, mm-hmm. uh, which is awesome movie. I yeah. mean, it's a it's a documentary where they go around and all these Vietnam vets come out and they tell their stories and talk to the people in the helicopter. They give them rides. It's an incredible film, just an incredible. I use it in class. All right, not the whole thing, but part of it. Yeah, it's, it's an incredible film. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Well, um, one of the last things I was going to ask you about was, I mean, can you talk about the, the Purple Heart accreditation? I mean, that's how, – how hard is that to um, – I, w- I didn't find it overly difficult. I met with the guys. There's Purple Heart societies um, in different places. We don't actually have one in Noonan. I'm um, not sure why. It doesn't mean there's not people with Purple Hearts here, but they have to form, like, a little group. Okay. And um, I actually uh, – found out about it up at the VVMF thing because one of the other teachers had done it. And I was like, what? What is this? Where did you get this? And she told me how they had done it. And so when I came home, I hunted around and found the Purple Heart group up in Atlanta. And so I emailed them and uh, they sent me the paperwork and stuff like that. And they came down and met with me. And, you know, we just have to recognize the Purple Heart, recognize veterans, uh, you know, and appreciate veterans and, you know, Veterans Day, you know, stuff we were already doing yeah so it wasn't too much of a stretch and once i filled out the paperwork then they gave me information on where to get signs yeah which we got from one of the prisons in georgia for very cheap yeah um that actually made those signs really Uh, yeah so that was uh you should have been there when i went in and asked for a purchase order for a prison and uh i can't remember what town it was now and they looked at me like i'd lost my mind (laughs) (laughs) We need some more information. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. Well, um, and before you go to, I, I was going to ask you about about the Beatles. I wasn't kidding. <laughs> I mean, uh, so are, are are you a physical collector, or is it just more of just a holistic uh, everything sort of thing? Um, I collect some of their books. Okay. I don't collect a whole lot of memorabilia. Okay. Because most of it's expensive now. I imagine. Um. But I do collect little things, and people have given me little things. My daughter likes to buy, try to buy me some rock and roll thing uh, every year for Christmas. So she's given me Beatles stamps, and mm-hmm. I've got a yellow submarine lunchbox, and you know stuff like that. I've got little figurine, Beatles yeah. figurines. Uh, I've got all the Beatles matchbox cars, you know, okay. for all their albums. You know, it's little, little stuff. Yeah, it's little stuff. Um, 
but I like the books. Yeah. I like to read the books. And um, I, I'm a little obsessed, uh, I have to admit. I'm also obsessed with Bruce Springsteen. Okay. Um, and, and Jefferson Airplane, and, but I won't go on and on. Okay. But um, uh, they're not the only band. But uh, I was just before I came over here, I was reading this message. My Vietnam War students have like a pen pal that they email back and forth that was in the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had, I spent about four days on the Beatles because they had a huge impact. Yeah. On the culture. And um, I noticed that the girl had told the lady that she was emailing with that uh, that I had spent four days on the Beatles because I was like a girl fan. <laughs> I was like, a girl fan? What? <laughs> and the lady emailed had emailed back. She says, I've heard. Mm-hmm. I've heard that he is. Yeah, that must be tough teaching four days of the Beatles. I don't know how you do it. Yeah, I know. That's uh, what the other the other teachers around me say. Man, that's rough. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I agree with you because I mean, uh, when it comes to musing stuff like that, to me, it, the books are where it's at. I mean, you can mm-hmm. collect, you can have your rooms full of, you know, albums or you know, trinkets and stuff like that, the hard to find stuff. But I mean, those books are invaluable. I, but I, again, you've got like that history thing where I mean, you just you want to know almost down to what they ate that day. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the more in the weeds you get, the happier I am. Yeah, that's uh, really good. And I collect vinyl yeah. too. And uh, so I've got all the Beatles and I've got a record player in the classroom. Yeah. So we actually play vinyl records when they're working on something else. Sometimes I'll put a vinyl on and let them listen while they're working on something else. Yeah. You, so. you have a copy of Beatles 65? Yep. Good. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right. Uh, mm-hmm. What's what's probably your most uh, impressive thing that you think that you there's just no way you would part with it for anything regarding the Beatles? Mm. Oh, I don't know. That's a hard question. <laughs> I've got uh, I've got the Beatles Monopoly game. I think I got it from Barnes and Noble, and my wife wants me to open it and play it, and I won't take it out of the plastic. <laughs> so you are a fan. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Beatles Trivial Pursuit, and I won't take that out of the plastic either. Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't. I don't know that there's anything that's that important. Yeah, but um, you know, I've got Yellow Submarine Clock on the wall. And yeah, there, I've got all the Beatles albums in frames on the wall at home, not at school, but at home. So, do you ever want to go to Liverpool? I know Becky did, and oh, she yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, I definitely want to do that. Um, maybe when I retire. Yeah, that'll be that'll be one of the things on my list of of adventures to take is because you know liverpool is going to make a lot of money as on the beatles so i know that there's it's gonna be tours around. and stuff like that yeah so which i think would be interesting i think you know go to abbey road mm-hmm. uh yeah i would be fascinated that'd be that. really cool um just because of the album cover of course mm-hmm. but uh yeah there, there's there's some places in england i'd like to go that don't have to do with the beatles too but yeah that's true definitely uh you could definitely. a lot of stuff yeah uh, you've been over to normandy right I have. Okay. I, re- I think I remember you speaking about that mm-hmm. for, for D-Day. Yeah. And uh, how was that? I mean, that was that a pretty harrowing, I'm just awe-inspiring experience. Yeah, it was really neat. Um, we went, my wife took a group. She's a, She was a French teacher. She just retired last year. And she took a group, and I went with her, of course, to France. And one of the stops was in Normandy. And uh, that's one of the great stories my wife just rolls her eyes at. The girl that was leading the the French girl that was leading the tour group, she didn't know anything about it, and so she's up there mumbling some stuff up on the microphone in the bus until I was. I just told my wife, I said, I can't, can't take, take this it. anymore. 
So I just walked up to the front of the bus and I just held out my hand and said, give it to me. And she did. And then I took over the tour of Normandy. <laughs> I, said, I, I, I mean, I was trying to be nice, but, uh, you know, you know, you just got to draw the line somewhere. Well, you how can't are you going to do Normandy. a tour of Normandy? I know. We were at Point de Hoc, too, and Omaha Beach, and went to Gold Beach, and Sword Beach, and Juno Beach, and she didn't know anything about it. What was she talking about, then, if you're doing a tour of Normandy and you're not hitting that? Well, that it was World War II. I don't World remember. War II happened here. I don't remember what she was saying, <laughs> but I just know it was horrible. There was, there was and, a big war here. And there was uh-huh. a bunch of our students on there and the students from a couple other schools, too. Oh, so you and, just uh, instinct took over. Yeah, you, I you just said, I can't, save I, these kids. I can't let this happen. Yeah. I can't be here and have this. Yeah. Uh, so That's great. <laughs> yeah. My wife still rolls <laughs> her eyes like, oh. <laughs> sitting back down after that, sitting yeah. like, all right. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Did you get that? Did you listen? I'm going to quiz you. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, man, I appreciate you again coming by. Again, I apologize for running late, and thank you again for obviously not just coming, but for all you do, man. I mean, like I said, I, I love my history teacher, and I know how important they are. And, man, having someone like you in a student's life, I mean, it, it really does make a difference. So, yeah, I thank you again for everything you do for the community, man. It's great because we love writing about half that stuff that goes on. It's fascinating to – you know, I always have something interesting and new going on down there. And, you know, you're a big reason why. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And we appreciate you guys because, like, I'll email Becky or – and she just sends Jeff, I think. I email Becky and, she, and Becky sends Jeff. But uh, y'all are always out there, you know. Even on at the 5K last weekend, I didn't expect to see anybody from Noonan Times Herald – and next thing, there's Jeff. Yeah, you know, right in the middle, right in the middle of the road, <laughs> taking pictures. I was like, man, what the heck? Uh, didn't know you were coming. Yeah. So we appreciate we appreciate you letting people know what we have going on. Yeah, we like to brag on folks. So, all right. Well, thanks again, man. I think, appreciate it. <laughs> well, that's it for today, folks. We appreciate Steve coming by to share some of his experiences working with students and honoring veterans, and appreciate you listening. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and be sure to visit our sponsor, Ace Beer Growlers, your one source for fresh meats in downtown Noonan, along with Traeger Grills, Rockwood Lump Charcoal, Cast Iron Skillets, along with a variety of beers, wines, rubs, and cigars. Go in there, mention promo code PODCAST, and you get $5 off any purchase over $50 in the store. Visit the location on West Court Square right next to Piedmont Noonan Gym. We thank you again for listening and hope to catch you again next time. So long.